0: I like the music. It's one of the edgier intros I've had in the last four years. So I feel like I need like a mohawk or something. I like 2020. So we did it, guys. We made it It is 2020. Um, Some of you thought you would never make it here. I remember in 2000, they told us the world was ending or robots would take over the world. But either way, that didn't happen. So it is 2020. Uh, Any confessions? Um, So there are these things that you can... um, that you can get from the bank, and you put your name at the bottom, and you can write them out. They're called checks. Um, So at the Burnham House, we write two checks a month. That's it. And so I had to write a check this month already. Anyone misdate their check? Anyone want to confess? Okay, so I I had the two and the zero. I was doing really well. And then I, I had the one, and I just made the swoop into a two and a zero. So I was... The very first check, I blew it. I was still back in 2019. Um, so let me put 2020 in perspective. I'm going to make some of you feel really old. And then we're going to cast vision for what's ahead. Okay. So let's put this January 1st, 2020 in perspective. So when World War I started. At that point, the Civil War felt closer than World War II feels to us today. Does that make sense? So when World War I started, we feel like World War II right now is further away than they felt like the Civil War. Some of you are, we're going to warm up here. And um, it's a new year. Okay, anyone remember the wonder years? Okay, so if that was historically accurate today, the wonder years would cover years 2000 through 2005. Those are the wonder years. My college experience. I don't want to talk about the football program because it was not a good experience. Um, But Okay, anyone remember Jurassic Park, Lion King, and Forrest Gump? Okay. Ready to feel old? That point was closer to the moon landing than we are to Lion King today. Right? So when Lion King came out in theaters, that was closer to the landing on the moon for the first time than we are to the initial showing of the Lion King. If you are 60 or older, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. You were born closer to the 1800s than you are today. Okay? If you are 35 or older, again, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. You were born closer to the 1940s than today. Talk about perspective. Like, why did they have to pick on Lion King? I love that movie. Um, Jurassic Park. But why is this important? But I really think that many of us never felt that this day would arrive. If you would have asked me in 2000 if 2020 would ever be here, I would think that was a distant, distant reality. But it's here. Surprise. Right? So what do we do? with today. God in his sovereignty has graciously and patiently given me another day and another year. And I think another decade to do his will and to live for the good news of Jesus Christ. So I want to challenge us for the next several minutes. What does this year look like for this church and you as a people? Many of you know that our mission as a church is very simple. It's to bring the whole gospel to the whole person, to the whole world. But when we went, I took a team, I went with a team to Bulgaria in September of last year now, 2019. It's no longer 2019, it's 2020, but this was last year. And the Bulgarian church, you want another mission? I love this. I said, we want to conquer Bulgaria for Christ. That's how they speak, let's we go. And I remember thinking, I looked at my buddy and I said, what would happen if our vision as a church was, would be to conquer St. Clair County for Christ? Because when Jesus Christ returns, the battle's over. He's already won. So he's given us another year. He's given us another opportunity to conquer our county for Jesus Christ. Because there are many people that need to hear the message of deliverance that Jesus Christ is offering. Why do we read this question? So when Satan comes up to us and says, Josh, what is your only hope? You're a sinner. What is your only hope in life or death? I can say, I'm glad you asked the question. Because Satan, I am not my own. But I belong to God. Both body and soul. That is my hope. And how many people are desperately in need of that same hope in this county? in this state, in this nation, and around the world. So our, our new vision for this year is to simply conquer St. Clair County one gospel conversation at a time. Now, I know what you're thinking. Okay, this is an evangelism service. We need to go knock on doors. No. The first person that needs to hear the gospel every single day is the person that you see in the mirror. And so I want to give you one word, and we're going to look at the Word of God and, and jump in. But I want you to think about living a life of substance. Living a life of substance. Jesus Christ says this way. He would say, build your house upon the rock. So this year, how do we conquer St. Clair County for the gospel? We begin by living as people of substance. So turn with me in Matthew chapter 7. Some of you might know this as the Sermon on the Mount. So Sermons on the Mount series series of proclamations by Jesus Christ. Matthew 7, verse 24. I'm reading from the CSB Bible. And if you don't have a Bible with you, um, many of you have pew Bibles in front of you, please take that and use it. If you don't have a Bible, that is our gift to you. We believe the Word of God transforms lives. And the greatest gift we could ever give you would be the word of God. That you might see our Savior and follow him all the days of your life. So take that home. It is our gift to you. Matthew chapter 7. 2020. Build upon the rock. Verse 24 of Matthew 7. Jesus says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine... And acts upon them will be like a wise man who built his house on the the rock. Okay. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, and they pounded that house. Yet it did not collapse because its foundation was on the, the rock. But, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. The rain fell, the rivers rose, the winds blew, and they pounded that house and it collapsed. And it collapsed with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching like one who had authority and not authority like their scribes let's pray father we desperately want to be men and women boys and girls who build our lives on things that will not shake we know that the rock is your son jesus christ Lord, help us build our lives. Let us start today building our lives on things that are permanent. Lord, you have put eternity upon our hearts and may we see that daily. Lord, I confess and we confess as a people that we are prone to things that Shine and sparkle, we are prone to filters, but Lord, these things have no permanence. Help us seek after truth. Help us long after the rock and not after sands. And Lord, as your son has already declared in the reading of your word, Father, may we not just hear, but we want to hear and do. So we ask through the power of your spirit that you would give us the strength to do your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. So as only Jesus can do, he paints for us a picture to demonstrate um, in a visible form this teaching. Now what you might not know, some of you do know this, but you might not know that Jesus had a dad named Joseph, and Joseph was a carpenter. Really, um, the best thought you might have is an artisan. He wasn't just a framer, but he could do all sorts of things from, from scratch. And in the ancient world, Jesus, or any boy, would have been expected to apprentice under his father. So what is your occupation? You don't go to college in the ancient world and find a job. You grow up in a house and you see your dad and he teaches you his skill and that's your occupation. So whatever your dad has done, that's what you're going to do. You didn't have a choice. So Jesus, his father Joseph was a master builder. So therefore Jesus would have understood master building. So Jesus understood more than anyone what he was talking about here. Now, side subject, um, the master builder has told us that he, when he, rose from the dead and when he ascended into heaven that he would go prepare a place for you Um, i don't know what that's going to look like for me but i would imagine that's the best house that the world has ever seen because he is the greatest carpenter the world has ever known so jesus is telling this story and and he would have known and these people would have known that the palestine region was prone to flash floods So some arid conditions, so when the rains would come down and the floods would rise and the winds would shake, if you were built not upon the the ridges, if you were built in the valleys or on the sand, you would be quickly washed away. So Jesus knows personally and professionally that any wise person would build their homes in places that would last. And his audience would have known that too in the Galilee. Region. Jesus would have also known that the foolish people who just were quickly throwing a house together would have built a house anywhere they could. And those houses don't last. So Jesus is painting for us this picture. Now why would Jesus want to give you a lesson on house projects? Because he's teaching us a, a deeper lesson. He's teaching us that we need to build eternal homes, not temporal homes. Homes. So let's look at what Jesus says here in verse twenty-four. You have the you have the mental picture, right? Two homes being built, one guy's wise, one guy is not wise, one guy finds a rock, one guy finds sand. They want the same thing. They want a home, a place that they can stay in permanence, and they find something opposite. So verse twenty-four, Jesus says, Therefore, anyone who hears these words of, of mine and acts upon them. Now, in the Greek, that the word mine is, is fronted. So Jesus quickly reminds us that substance, truth, and permanence, that's something that we desire to model as a church this year. Substance is found in hearing the word. The word of who? The word of Jesus Christ. Now listen, you can't say this unless you are God. So very clearly Jesus is not just saying, hey, I have some good wisdom. You might want to listen. Jesus is saying clearly that he was God in this passage. So we need to understand that substance is found in hearing and doing the word of the Lord. The word here is used twice. Here in verse 24, anyone who hears these words in verse 26, everyone who hears these words of mine. Now I learned quickly growing up that when my mom or dad would, would call that we were constantly outside. It, I was one of those kids in summer, my parents would say, uh, not because they hated me, because they loved me, here's breakfast, go. Don't come back to lunch. And when I ate lunch, they would say, go. Don't come back till dinner. But I, I quickly understood when they would come outside and say, Joshua, that it was. I probably should make my way back to the house. But when I heard the second time, Joshua Neil Burnham, I had, I had two choices. I could either run home as fast as I could or I could run away as fast as I could. But I knew when my mom or dad said something twice, they meant business. And so very clearly, I think Jesus is doing the same thing. He's saying to us twice, hear this, whoever hears my words and act Upon them, the word "hear" is the word in Greek as "akouo." It's the same word that we get "acoustic guitar" or "acoustic treatments" in your home. Just the word to to physically hear or to understand or to receive words, to receive those and live them out. So, why would Jesus begin with a home study with listening and hearing and doing? Well, the rabbis were debating at this time what was more important. Some would say it's more important to listen to the Word. Because if you don't hear the Word, then you cannot do the Word. And then some would say, well, no, it's more important to do the Word. Because if you do not act upon the Word, then you are not listening to the Word of God. And Jesus here says, yes, that to not do what, The Lord commands us to not hear what He says. And let me just say this. I think we've lost, I think we have lost in our churches and in our homes the intentionality of doing the Word of God. We've lost the importance of what Christ is saying here. Because we, we do things in our life that we know that God does not want, and, and we do that without any thought towards holiness and righteousness. Well, I don't need to do that. Je- yes, Jesus said, but you know, this is between me and God. Yeah, be careful when you say that, because it is, and I'm going to be held accountable. And I don't pretend to have everything figured out, but, but I know two very central truths that Jesus said. And I, I'm a simple guy, but I, I know these two things that Jesus says here's two commands just do these things love God and love others. That's easy enough, right? To hear, but to act upon that. What would my life look like if my one prayer every day was, God, let me, I only know two things about you. Just let me act upon loving you and loving others. See, Jesus wants us to hear this because he says twice, hear these words of mine. Hear these words of mine. If you hear nothing else, listen to the word of God and act upon it. Because I really believe that there will be a time in my life Where Jesus is going to say, Josh, you said you love me, but you weren't doing what I asked you to do. Do you really love me? This is what Dietrich Bonhoeffer would call cheap grace. He, He would define cheap grace this way. It is grace without discipleship and grace without the cross. Grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. You see, we can never divorce our faith from the following of that faith. The following of Jesus Christ. So what does a life of substance look like? It's right here in verse 24. A life of substance is hearing and doing the word. And you say, well, I don't understand it. So just do two things. Love God, love others. And get back to me a week and let me know how that's going for you. Oh, we want to live and love our Father. This is a life of substance. But I think there's a a secondary thought that Jesus wants us to have here. Yes, we need to hear. Some of you are not living for Christ because you simply do not know what God wants you to do. And that's a very true reality. He has given you his word that you might know what he wants you to do. But there are some of us who are acting upon our desires and our preferences and our traditions and we could care less with what God wants. And that's called self-righteousness. And anytime I am in my mode of self-righteousness, I am not doing what God wants. And that's also a danger, is it not? Because we sometimes we can speak in church flowery language as if what I am doing is what God wants, but it's not really what God wants, it's what Josh wants. And Jesus is speaking to religious people that could have been in that mode. And I think Jesus is simply asking us, look in the mirror. Are you doing what the Lord wants? Or are you doing what you want? And at least be honest. At least God knows our hearts. At least be honest with yourself and say, you know what? I'm not going to pretend this is God's desires. I'm just going to say this is my desire. And then let the Holy Spirit work. Substance is found in hearing and doing the word of Jesus Christ. Now how does that work out in our life? If if you say, okay, pastor, I'm in. I want to hear the word and do the word. I hear you. Let's go. How do we do that? Let's look back at verse 24. Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So who in here wants to be wise today? Just raise your hands. Okay, you can put that down. Who here says, you know what? I'm going to be the guy. I want to be the foolish man. Okay, excellent. I'm the only one, so I'm going to put my hand down. We desire to be wise. How can we build wise lives? Wisdom is always found in Jesus Christ. Right? Wisdom is always found. Jesus says this way. He uses this term, rock. The wise man builds his house upon the, the rock. Now you say, well, who is the rock? Peter would say this. Some of you know the episode in Matthew 16 where Jesus was walking with his disciples. and um, It's always dangerous to walk with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has a way of walking. You know, it's kind of like when your dad would grab you and say, hey, walk with me real quick. You're thinking, this is, this is not a normal walk. Like, we're not going to check the mail. And so as they're walking, Jesus casually says, Well, who do you say I am? And and you can imagine the disciples looking around saying, You first. And Peter, not not normally the shy one in in the midst, um, Simon Peter answers in Matthew 16 16. He says, This you are the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus responds here. Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, Petros, and that on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. You hear the language? So, people will, will fight over well, who is the rock. Well, I believe Jesus has already told us who the rock is in Matthew chapter 7. The wise man builds his house upon the rock. It's not, he doesn't build his house upon the Peter. We build their house upon the rock of Jesus Christ. And if you've ever been to Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, you know that they were on a large rock where they believed that there is a there was a cave that had hot springs and that the smoke would come out and they literally believed that that was the gates of hell. So Jesus is looking at the gates of hell, telling people who thought that was hell to so not even this will prevail against the rock, this true confession of faith. So who is the rock of Jesus Christ? Now, if you've grown up in church, if you know Jesus, this should never get old. We should never get old. The day the gospel becomes boring to my soul is the day that I pray God takes me home because I never want this to become boring or mundane. So who is the rock? Revelation says that Jesus is the only one who is worthy to open the scroll. Jesus, this rock, is the one who lived a sinless life. Who died upon the cross and three days later he rose again. Who now has ascended and sits at the right hand of the Father. So that we can have abundant life now and eternal life forevermore. This is the rock that we build our life upon. Who is this rock? It's the one that has purchased our redemption. It's the one who brings us back to the Father because he has exchanged our sin for his righteousness. You heard that right. Jesus exchanged your, my rags for his righteousness. And you say, well, that's not fair. No, that's why we call it the gospel. It's not fair. This is the rock. This is why we sing songs. Oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. This is why we can sing songs on Christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand this is the substance that we long for it is jesus christ and if you know christ and this doesn't get your spiritual blood pumping there's a problem you right now you have a problem but jesus can fix that And if you heard about the rock and you say, well, I just don't know. I believe you're here because the Holy Spirit is working on you. God is drawing you to himself because he loves you and he sent his son to take your place. This is the rock. And Jesus does not leave us any doubt to who he is. This is the substance that we long for. Look at verse 28. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Why? Because he was teaching like one who had authority and not like their scribes. Jesus stood up on the the Mount of Beatitudes and literally said to these people, I am God, listen to my words. And the people said, we've never heard this before. They were astonished. This is the rock. Wise lives are built upon and around the word of Jesus. What do I want my life to be more about in 2020 in this church? I want to have more of Jesus in my life today than I did last year. That's my heart. And that only comes by knowing his word. But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop at the confession of Christ. God-centered lives are continually built. This is not a one-time event. Continually being built. Look at verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts is acting upon them will be like a wise man who built and is building his house upon the rock. What happens? The rain falls, the flood rises, the wind blows, and the house did not collapse because it was built upon the rock. Wise lives are continually built Upon the rock. You see, I I think what Jesus wants us to understand that a solid foundation is built upon continual authentic faith in Jesus Christ. If your testimony, a testimony is a story of your faith. If your testimony sounds like this, well, when I was six, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And you're 66 and nothing else has happened I would ask you to go back and read Matthew 7 and, and truly ask yourself, you, is your life built upon the rock? Now, I found this out the hard way this week. Literally, my house is built upon a ridge, a big rock. And so when we moved into the house, we, we noticed that the front steps have dropped about in two inches, let's say. And you say, well, that's not very much. That's not until your feet assume that every step is symmetrical. And then it's a big issue. So we called in some foundation experts. And I said, hey, my house is built upon a rock. We shouldn't be going anywhere. And so they came in and it was this week, so it was raining. And this man comes with a big rubber mallet. And he says, Josh, you, you can't see it, but let me show, what's, let me show you what's going on by, below the surface. So he takes this huge rubber mallet, and he says, listen to this. And he hits a spot that he knows is solid. Just, you can tell it's solid. And then he says, hey, let me hit near the steps. And he hits, and there's an echo And he keeps going and he kept hitting until he found the spot that was solid again. And he says, okay, if we replace this area, if we fix this, this is the area. You can't see it, but you can hear it. You know what happened to the foundation of my sidewalk? My house is built upon a rock. But over the years, the rains have come. And when the rains came the floods rose. And when the water rose, the wind blew. And, and you couldn't see it. But day after day after day after day, there, there were soft spots underneath the surface. And it's the reminder that all of us if you say right now, well, I am built upon the rock of Jesus Christ, all of us have places in our lives under the surface that you don't know are soft, where the gospel is continually growing you. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Did you know Jeremiah twenty nine, twenty three, twenty nine? says it is not the word of God like fire, says the Lord's declaration, and like a hammer that pulverizes rock? That finds those soft spots. How will Jesus conquer St. Clair County? He did it by dying on the cross for our sins. The Bible says that Jesus defeated death. But Jesus expects the people of God to hear the word of God. To act upon the words of God. So that daily there's a hammer beating on our life. Where God is saying, Josh, you're upon the rock, but I have found a soft spot. Give it to me. No one can see the crack yet. But if you don't do anything, in a couple years there's going to be a foundation issue. And, and I, this is our struggle as people that, that want to put on good faces. And we, we all do this because we live in, in the world where we have filters on our social media, right? I can I can look like a clown or a dog, or I can. There's all sorts of filters I can just put on, and I think that's a microcosm of our society. It's easier for me to filter who I am than to display my life authentically, and we do that even when we pray. We'll, I'll get up and, um, oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name? Be with me today. May this, may this. Pop-Tart that I'm going to eat. Give me some nutritional value. And Lord, as I'm in the car rider line, please do not let me lose my religion. (laughs) Amen. And if I'm not careful, that'll be my prayer. But it's not necessarily with authenticity. And so I say, God, put away the hammer. I have the rock, but Lord, don't, don't look below below the surface. But God is saying, but Josh, don't you understand? I am beating on your heart. Give me the soft spots today and I will fill them. And you know what the foundation people told me? They said, don't worry. So we can fix this. Cracks can be fixed. Voids in your life can be Fixed. That's what the Holy Spirit's for. And I think the joy in all of this is if you're here and you have cracks in your foundation, instead of leaving with those cracks, if you give them to God, He is prepared to fix you today. But if we do not, if we just pray that prayer, Lord, help the Pop-Tarts, help the ride, Lord, I don't have really time for you, but I know I need to pray so I'm going to give you lip service I believe God is saying, Josh, I want to do so much more in your life. I want you to be built and act upon the word of Christ, but I want you to be building and acting upon the words of Jesus Christ, that we would put that in our lives more and more and more and more. So where is God hitting you today? Where is he pounding upon your heart? Oh, that we would let him. You know what the Bible says? 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, God's going to slap you upside the head and destroy you with lightning. That's that's a modern translation. No, that's not what the Bible says. God himself says this. Josh, let me hit you in your life and let me find the voice. And if you confess your sins, guess what, Josh? I am faithful. And I am just. And I will forgive you of your sins. And I will purify you from all unrighteousness. What does a life of substance look like? It is a life built upon the words of Christ. And it's a life where I am having gospel conversations daily in the mirror saying, God, what part of my life has a crack that I don't see, but you do? And I want to hear and obey the words of Jesus. And how would my life be different? If that was my prayer every day, God, find the cracks and fill them. I don't care what you have to do, Lord, but find the cracks and fill them. I don't want to collapse. I don't want to be the foolish man. I don't want to be, verse 26, the one who hears the word and doesn't act. And guess what? Guess what happens to the the wise man? The rains fall, right? The, The floods rise, right? The winds blow, right? And the house is pummeled, right? That's what Jesus says. Well, what happens to the foolish man? The rains come. Same. And the floods rise. The same. The winds blow. And yet houses that are built upon sand, the Bible says this, they will collapse. It is better to ask God today to restore your life than to do it on your own. And you know what I love about Jesus and his teachings here? Like, Jesus would not ever share these words unless he wanted us to have solid foundations. Like, God gives us his word for his, for his glory and our good. Like Jesus doesn't want my house to collapse. God wants me to seek him and have protection and sure footings in my life. Oh, that we would have that. So how do we build our lives with substance this year? I have six things that that we can do this year through the word of God. I don't want to collapse. I want a strong foundation. First, we need to ask ourselves this. Has my life been built on the rock? I believe there are many of you right now that might be struggling because as you evaluate your lives, you realize I was built upon the church and I was built around morality, and I was built around American dream or whatever it might be. I was built around good works, but I'm not built upon the rock. If that's you, here's what Jesus says: "If you stay on sand, you will collapse. But if you trust in him as your Lord and Savior, Jude says that he will present you before the throne of God with great joy and you will be blameless. That is what Jesus wants for you. If you've never given your life to Christ, know that he died to take your place. And I know what you're probably thinking. You're saying, well, you don't know what I did. But he does. And in the darkest day of my sin... Jesus died to bring light to that dark day. That's the rock. If you've never given your life to Jesus, give your life to Him today. By faith, through prayer, it is grace, it's a free gift. Secondly, will you let, will you honestly this morning let the Holy Spirit search your heart and find and fill the cracks? The gospel message is like a hammer, finding the soft spots. And I know what we're thinking. Well, I don't have any cracks. No, what you need to say is I don't see the cracks. But our prayer should be, God, you do. Oh, Lord, fill my heart. Fill the voids that I don't see. Would you honestly pray that today? Say, God, I want you to Find and fill my blind spots. Lord, bring me back. Restore me. What a wonderful prayer for the new year. Lord, find and fill my voice. I want to be built and constantly built upon the rock. Third, what are you doing today to build your life upon the rock? Houses aren't built overnight. What are you doing to have a little more Christ in your life today than you did yesterday? That's why we're doing these questions. You can go and you can have this, you can have this conversation at home. What is our only hope in life or in death? It is that we are not our own, that we belong to God. And that's all, all the Holy Spirit needs to say, okay, let me take it and run with it. May God build in our lives holy communion. Where we are purposing God. I haven't opened my Bible in five years, and so you know what you're my prayer for you would be, open your Bible every day. Just open it and let the Lord use that to reshape your heart. Maybe you say, well, I'm not praying like I should. Well, just pray. Ask God, God, I want to pray one more minute today than I did yesterday. I'm not going to pray a token prayer. I don't want to pray so that you will just hear me. I want to pray so that I would know you. God, let me build my life upon you today. Fourth, What are you doing in your life to remove sandcastles? What are you doing in your life to remove sandcastles? Because we live in a world that says build upon sand, build upon sand. And there are some monumental sandcastles that are awesome to look at. But they're not substance. So what am I doing today to say, God, I know this probably shouldn't be here. Take it away. God, remove the sand and give me rock. Jesus does not want your life and your house to collapse. Fifth, who is the one person that you can commit to today, as Pastor Brad shared last week? What is the one person that you can commit to pray today that, who needs the rock of Jesus Christ? You say, God, I'm going to commit to pray daily for this person because they don't know you and you don't want them to collapse. You don't want them to go to an eternal hell away from you. God, you want them in relationship. So, Father, I'm going to pray on their behalf. And lastly, who in your life that you can just look at and you know they're on the brink of collapse? You can see it. Who can you pray for today that they need an encouragement? They need you to come to them and say, don't give up. He is worth it. I know the path of righteousness is narrow, but don't stop. Because he is not going to let you collapse and I will not either. This is not about getting in each other's business. This is about being an encouragement to others who are in need that's substance. Sand says, stay away, I'm okay. Substance says, let me encourage you, brother. Let me encourage you. She says, let me pray for you because I was there and God helped me through so I might help you. The rain fell, the rivers rose and the winds blew and pounded that house. And the one on sand crashed and collapsed. But the life that is built upon the Word, hearing and doing the Word of God, will not be destroyed. I don't know how the Holy Spirit is pounding on your life right now, but it's worth listening to. We're going to have prayer counselors down front. We have people that are ready to pray for you. If you've given your life to Christ this morning, We would love to to rejoice with you. Maybe you're here and you say, I don't know how to follow Christ. We're going to have people up front that you can take a step of faith. Come talk to one of us. We would love to show you and talk to you about how you can be a follower of the rock, the one who will not let you collapse. Maybe you want to come pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for others. Maybe you have cracks that you realize this is not good. Lord, fill them. But do not miss a chance spend time with our Savior it's worth it build lives upon the rock of Jesus Christ oh Lord let us hear and do what you say let's pray